بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين صلى الله وبارك على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم ما بعد بإذن الله تعالى in this lesson we intend to continue and بإذن الله conclude the شرح الشيخ سيد يعني for of the of the book in the after الرسول and <coughs> We went on to discuss the affair of the Ba'ath and the Nasjub the, the resurrection. And so thus, Sheikh Muhammad Abdul Wahai mentioned, When Nasi da matu yubathun wa dhilu kuru ta'ala, minha khalaqnaakum wa fiha nu'idaku wa minha yukujukum ta'aratun ukhra. Wa kuru ta'ala, wallahu. أنبتكم المرأة النباتة، ثم يعيدكم فيها ويخرجكم إخراجا. وبعد البحث محاسبون ومجزيون بإذن الله تعالى وذيل قوله تعالى ولله ما في السماوات والأرض يجزي الذين أساءوا بما عملوا ويجزي الذين أحسنوا بالحسنى. أسو Allah Ta'ala, he mentions that from it we have created you and will return you and then just bring you forth once more in terms of the resurrection. And likewise Allah Ta'ala mentions that we will bring you forth and raise you from the earth and restore you to your previous fashion I bring you forth from the earth, right, from it to the earth. And likewise, we have the delay or the fact that we are individuals that will be brought forth and brought to account. And thus see the reward of that and the recompense of that with permission of Allah. Allah Ta'ala mentions that that which belongs to Allah within the heavens and the earth, they will receive the, comp- the recompense for that which they've done from evil. Likewise, those that have done it good will see the recompense of that. And so with these ayat, barakallahu fikum, within the Quran, are proof, are laid out, clear laid out proofs, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created us from the Dhuriyat al-Adam, from the offspring of Adam, first and foremost. And that we will return yeah, to the affair of death, or we will return to the affair of not having the souls within us when we enter the graves. And thereafter what occurs is the resurrection, where we are raised, and judged by our actions. And so Allah Ta'ala informs us of this. That our actions, or we'll be informed of those, of the actions that we have put forth. Likewise as well, Shaykh al-Islam Muhammad Abdul Hai mentions, وَمَنْ كَذَّبْ بِالْبَعْثِ كَفَرْ 
And whoever denies the resurrection, then they have disbelieved. As Allah Ta'ala mentions, زَعْمَ الَّذِينَ كَفْرُوا عَلَّا يُبْعَثُوا قُلْ بَلَا وَرَبِّ لَتُبْرَثُنَّ ثُمَّ لَتُنَبْعُنَّ بِمَا عَمِلْتُمْ وَذَارِكَ اللَّهِ الْيَسِيرُ Allah Ta'ala mentions, the za'm, the false claim of those who disbelieve that they will not be resurrected. Say, nay rather, by my Lord, you will be resurrected and you will be informed of that which you've done by way of your actions. You perform for your actions. And that is easy with Allah. And so, with this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rejects the notion of the kuffar where they deny the bath, they deny the resurrection in of itself. And that is an iftirah, it's a lie upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in reality. Where they say that the individual, what says the individual not be raised and not be resurrected. And this is a za'ambatu. Shaykh Ahmed and Najmi, he mentioned in relation to this word za'am in his Ayn Meme that this is a idda bil batil. This is a claim upon falsehood. And so when you find this word mentioned, za'am, it's, it's referring to the idda bil batil. The person claims something upon and falsehood. Thereafter, has the mentioning of that all of the prophets and messengers were sent all the prophets and messengers were sent as those that give glad tidings and those that are warners well, this is in continuation the discussion around the Nabi والسلام, and the fact that he was in himself a messenger himself a messenger and of course, as a messenger, he called to the Haq, gave glad tidings, and warned the people against Batil, warned people against the falsehood. And so, <clears throat> we understood that the messenger of Allah, Muhammad sallallahu was a messenger to all of mankind. As Allah Ta'ala mentions, قُلْ يَا nas. Say, O mankind, indeed, I am a messenger to all of you. And so, we understand that his risala, his message, was one which was the seal of all of the messages. And likewise, we understood that the message ended at the point of his death, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And that all of mankind, just as he, alayhi salatu wa sallam, died, all of mankind will die. And that they will be, they will be resurrected and brought to account by, by, for their actions. And so, the topic of this now, or what has been discussed here, is that it's upon us, no doubt, to affirm that the messengers 
had a message and came with a message. No doubt that message beginning with Tawheed. And that Allah Ta'ala sent messengers as Mubashireen or Mundireen. Sent them as individuals that were giving glad tidings, individuals that are warners. They were Rusul. Rusul, which is the plural of Ar Rusul. Ar Rusul, which is the plural of Ar Rusul. And the Rusul is a man which is free. Yeah, he's, not, he's emancipated, he's not a slave. He's Mukallaf bin Bani Adam. And so, he's from amongst Bani Adam, Mukallaf. So he's responsible for Ahkam. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed to him a particular Sharia, a particular legislation. And has commanded him with tabligh. And has commanded him with the affair of conveying. And this is the messenger. And so, as we understand, a prophet and a messenger may be two separate individuals. And the prophet is the man that receives revelation. However, he may not have received a sharia, any legislation in particular, or a sharia specific to him. However, a messenger is the one that has received revelation and has received a sharia. And so, a prophet is more general, in terms of his definition, a prophet is more general than a messenger. The prophet is in all of these individuals that received revelation. As for the messenger, then this is the one that has been commanded with the conveying, the tabligh, as well as the one that has received the sharia. And so the first of them, the first of these messengers, was Nuh alayhi salam. The first of them was Nuh alayhi salam. And it's mentioned in the hadith of Ibn Abbas. Mentioned the hadith of Ibn Abbas, where he mentions that mankind were ten generations from Nuh or from Adam ila Nuh. Ten generations from Adam ila Nuh. All of them upon Hanifiyyah, a Tawheed. All of them upon Tawheed. Until shirk was established and was in the insurrection of shirk occurred in the time of Nuh or in the, at the comb of Nuh. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent to them Nuh alayhi salam. And so thus, because of this, at the beginning of shirk, at the beginning of shirk and shirk becoming widespread amongst the people, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent his first messenger, Nuh alayhi salam, in order to warn his people, in order to warn his people against shirk. 
and to teach them Tawheed, again, I to refresh this affair of Tawheed and the teaching to them. And he remained in terms of giving his da'wah amongst his people for a long, extended period of time. And along with that, he found yani, hardships and trials and tribulations. And these are all laid out within the ayat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In Surah Al-Nuh, where he mentioned his ayat. Inna arsalna nuhan ila qawmihi an anzal qawmaka min qabri an yatiyah madhabun alim. Qala ya qawmi inni lakum nadhirun mubin. An ibudallaha wa attaquhu wa ati'oon. And so, within these ayahs, what Allah Ta'ala mentions, indeed, He has sent Noah to His people. So that He warns His people against, or warns His people before the painful punishment befalls them. And thus He states, O oh my people, indeed, I have come to you as a clear warner. That you worship Allah, you fear Him, and obey Him. And these are the ayat that I mentioned in relation to Noah and his da'wah. And the manner in which he gave his da'wah. That he would give his da'wah and call them. But that which occurred from them and from his people is that they did not cease to be upon what they're upon, rather they would increase upon their tuqyan, upon their transgression. Essentially their transgression being the shirk. And so he gave this da'wah and continued this da'wah for a period of 950 years, calling them Until thus, what occurred thereafter, that they were destroyed by way of their transgression. And so the first of the messengers was Nuh The last of them, and the seal of them, was Prophet Muhammad And so with this, We understand that Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, his da'wah was one which, again, was the seal of all of the messages that had preceded. And his da'wah was the one that was for all of mankind. His da'wah was directed to all of mankind. Allah Ta'ala mentions Rasul Mubashirin and Mumundirin that Allah yakuna lil nas ila Allahi hujjatan ba'da rasul. Allah Ta'ala sent messengers as Mubashirin, as those that are giving glad tidings, bring glad tidings and clear warnings so that the people would not have anything as proof to argue against their Lord Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. 
after the message was sent to them. And so with this we understand what was the task of the Anbiya or the Rusul. That the Anbiya and Rusul, what they were tasked with was two things. Giving glad tidings and giving a warning. That's what they were tasked with. We understand by way of that, Barakallahu Fikum. That when, you, when we, we understand the clear distinction in what they were tasked with, we understand that it wasn't a case where the guidance of the people was part of their task. And the people accepting the da'wah, that's with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's in the tawfiq of Allah. As for the tabligh, the conveying of that message, and bringing that message to the people, the initial doubt was with these individuals, with the Anbiya and Rusul, conveying to them the rewards of being upon Tawheed, the Sa'adah, fi dunya wal akhirah, and it brings happiness in that dunya and akhirah, whilst warning them against the perils of shirk. And specifically, the perils of being upon shirk in akhirah. That this will cause and be a reason for their punishment in the hereafter. And so, as for the glad tidings, then this was for their followers. And those that followed their message and adhered to their message and adhered to their da'wah. And believed in them. As for the warning, then this is for those that were the enemies to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Enemies to, the, to his messengers, to his worshippers, the believers. Those that turned away and rejected his message. And a da'wah of the anbiya. And advice to those that give advice. As for what else we take from these, these, uh, these words and these ayat is the establishing of the proof that with this, when the messengers came, they came again to those two things, when they came to uh, giving glad tidings, when they came to warning against the evil. But within all of that as well, is that it was establishing of the proof upon the people. And the establishment of the proof upon the people. That person cannot now say that the reason why I have been created had not reached me. It's a fear of Tawheed, had not reached me. For indeed Allah Ta'ala sent these prophets and messengers. And he revealed books. In order to clarify to the people was revealed to them by way of the books. Likewise, after that, Shaykh al-Islam Muhammad Abdul Wahhab goes on to mention that the proof that Nuh was the first of these, of these messengers is a statement of Allah Ta'ala as aforementioned. Inna awhayna ilal ilayk 
indeed we have revealed to you in terms of the message just as we revealed to Nuh and the prophets after him and so this is the proof in terms of Nuh in terms of Nuh being the first one to receive the message Naam. And thereafter he mentions, وَكُلُّ أُمَّةٍ بَعَفَ اللَّهُ إِلَيْهَا رُسُولًا مِنْ نُوحِ إِلَى مُحَمَّدٍ يَعْمَرُهُمْ بِعِبَادَةِ لَا وَحْدُهُ وَيَنْهَاهُمْ عَنْ عِبَادَةِ طَاغُوتٍ And so every ummah in which Muhammad Sallallahu every ummah in which Allah Ta'ala sent a messenger from Nuh, the first of them, to Muhammad, the last of them, he commanded them with the worship of Allah alone. Every single messenger commanded the worship of Allah Ta'ala alone. And prohibited the worship of the Taghut, the false gods, the false deities. And so there was not an Ummah Except that this was sent to them. There was not a nation that existed. Except that there was a prophet or a messenger that was sent to them. Or a messenger sent to them with this. I commanded them to worship Allah Ta'ala. Warn them against shirk. And so, this was due to the hikmah of Allah Ta'ala. And the rahmah of Allah. That Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala would not punish a nation from the nations until the proof was established against them. And the proof was established against them by way of a messenger being sent. The proof was established against them by way of the messenger conveying that message to those people. Now, and so, that which occurred between يعني, a, a, a messenger and his nation was that of da'wah, calling them. An affair of يعني, the, the da'wah, establishing the da'wah and conveying that da'wah to the afraad من الناس, يعني, to the individuals from the people within each, in each respective nation. And so, it's possible that the Dao did not reach, may not reach every single individual. However, for those that it does reach, then they are individuals that now have the proof established against them. I must follow that message. And so, Shaykh Zaydi mentions that those that do not receive the message from the October and Ahlul Fitr and the people that are regarded as being from the people of Fitr. And so 
These people of fitrah, they'll be judged upon Yawm Al-Qiyamah in relation to what they'll be upon and tested يعني, on that day of Qiyamah. Are these the individuals that did not receive the message? So, in relation to the message of the messengers, we understand from this Barakallahu Fikul, is that of two types. That you have those that received it, and so those that received it, upon them, is to act upon it. And it's adhere to Tawheed. Leave shirk. And then you have those, and if they do not do so, then they are blameworthy and punishable by way of them. Then you have those that do not receive it. And they're regarded as being from once Ahlul Fitra. People of Fitra. And such individuals will be tested based upon whatever it was from their actions. Or to be tested Yom Al Qiyamah essentially. Naam. And thereafter, Shaykh Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahai mentioned the proof for that. The same with Allah Ta'ala, we look at the Afna fi kuli ummatin rasoola and ni'badullah wa shinibu ta'ud. And the proof for that is the state of Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala. Indeed, we have sent to every nation a messenger with the command of worshiping Allah Ta'ala alone and staying away from the false deities. And so Allah Ta'ala has made an obligation. I want all of the worshippers to disbelieve, I reject the Taghut and believe in Allah. And this is what Allah Ta'ala clarifies within these ayats, within these verses. And so, within these ayat, with this ayah, Allah Ta'ala Mentioned are the sending of the messengers to every nation. That's the first thing. Thereafter, he mentions I the da'wah of these Rusul. I was their da'wah, what was their call? But with his statement, their call, and their call in, in without any exception, was the call of worship Allah. And stay away from the false deities. Yani avoid the false deities. Essentially, worship Allah Ta'ala alone. Tawheed. And staying away from the false deities. Yani any form of shirk. And so he commanded. They would command them. With the worship of Allah. Yani the messengers would command their, their, their nations. With the worship of Allah. And the worship of Allah alone. Why? Because he alone is mustahik lidalik. He alone is the only one deserving of that. And that he would warn them against the worship of the Taghut. Which is the worship of Avan and Allah. Or worship of Allah, Avan and Allah along with Allah. And so this da'wah, no doubt, was a da'wah to the kalima of La ilaha illallah. And then, Sheikh al-Islam, Muhammad Abdul Wahab, goes into a mention of Kalima al-Taghut. And he mentioned al-Taghut, man tajawaz bihi al-abd, haddu min al-ma'bud, aw matbu' aw muta'a. 
Alatahut is the one that exceeds the bounds. Rabbi, Rabbi is the one that he worships, follows, or obeys. And so, was understood from this, and this is the definition, the had, the only definition given by Ibn Qayyim, Rahimahullah, when it transgresses. Now, when it transgresses, where the transgression may be in relation to the one that they worship him, the one that they're following, or the one that they're obeying. And so, Sheikh Zayd mentioned there's a point that there's some ikhtilaf amongst Ahlul Ilm, amongst the ulama, rahimahumullah, in terms of the meaning of this word. Naam, because some people would refer to the taghut as the shaitan, or the taghut as the sahir, Naam, as the, the sorcerer. Or the Taqut is the Kahin, the soothsayer. However, this definition of Ibn Qayyim is one which is comprehensive. It's a comprehensive definition of the Taqut. A comprehensive definition of the Taqut. And more general. And so, he mentions three things. Now I mentioned the ma'bud, the, ma'bud right, the one that, the transgression which occurs with the ma'bud, transgression that occurs with the matbu' and the transgression that occurs with the muta'a. And so, the transgression that occurs with the one that is worshipped with the ma'bud is the ma'budat al-batila al-ikhtilaf anwa'iya. And so, what's understood from the transgression when it comes to the one that is worshipped is worshipping, or those that are worshipped, Upon batil, upon falsehood. And it's on many different times. Then you have the tahut in terms of the one that is followed. The one that is matbur. And this is the individual da'a ila batil. Who's the batil? Fattaba'ahu nas ila batilih. And the people follow him. Then they follow the individual in that falsehood. And so, irrespective of what he's calling to, the people follow that person as an individual. Irrespective of what he's calling to shirk, or bid'ah, or fawahish, or kabair. So he's referring to the one that he calls to something, which is mukhalif lihaq, ibatil. And the people follow him in that call. And people are attached to the individual, the da'i, ilabatil, the caller to batil. And thereafter as well, it mentions مَنْ دَعَى النَّاسِ إِلَى الْبَاطِلِ فَأَطَاعُهُ نعم فَأَطَاعُهُ And so, then you have the individual that calls the people to batil, calls the people to force it, and then the people obey him in that. As they obey him in a particular action. And so this, this Tawagut, which is plural, is Tawagit. These are the individuals that lead the people to the fire. These Tawagit are those that lead the people to the fire. Thereafter, Shaykh al-Islam, Muhammad Abdul Wahab, he goes on to mention, 
لتواغيت كثيرون رؤوسهم خمسة and it says that the Tawarit are many and the heads of them are five the first of them is Iblis La'anahullah and the, the first of them is Iblis the one that caused Abu Wain referring to Adam Islam and his wife caused them to be exited from Jannah. Caused them, caused them to be exited from Jannah by way of his transgression. Caused them to be exited from Jannah by way of his deception. And that the shaitan, no doubt, is an enemy to mankind. I believe he's an enemy to mankind. And Allah Ta'ala has warned against him and following him. Allah Ta'ala mentions, Ya yuladina amanu la ta'tibi'u khutawat al-shaytan. I who you believe, do not follow the footsteps of shaytan. Do not adhere to the footsteps of shaytan and follow that which is upon them. But no doubt that which is calling the people to barakallah fikum. And why there's that warning from Allah Ta'ala? It's calling them to يعني, the hellfire and misguidance. Hence, why is from the heads of these tawaghid. And what occurred by way of his da'wah. So that's the first of them. Then you have the second is the man Ubida. The second of these heads is the one that is worshipped whilst being pleased with it. So he worship, is worshipped, the people worship him. And they seek for him, they seek from him that which they should only seek from Allah Ta'ala. Whether that be of istighatha, which we mentioned previously, or isti'ana. Or they have hope with such an individual. Or they fear an individual. Yani ibadatan. It's an action of ibadah. And the individual that is worshipped is aware of their worship. But not only is he aware of it, he's pleased with it as well. That's the second. The third. Man da'a an nas ila ibadah ila ibadati nafsi. And so... The third is the one that calls the people to the worship of himself. He calls him to worship himself. Um, for example, Fir'aun. Called him to worship himself. As so Zaydi mentions that this may be by way of Lisan al-Hal or bin Maqal. Lisan al-hal, that the individual calls the person to the worship of themselves by that which it necessitates. And they, they call them to something by, and it necessitates that they have to worship, that the people have to worship them in order to do it. Or that they state something directly, seeking that they are worshipped. And so, 
They say, for example, I possess something that can bring about benefit, i.e. that in relation to the cone, the creation itself. And this is only of Allah. Only Allah has a control over that which can benefit the creation, ultimately. Or, and the person claims that he has that. Or, he says that I can repel a harm. Which can only be repelled by Allah Ta'ala, again, within the creation. Or I can remove khair, or remove evil. And so this causes the people to worship them. It causes the people to worship them. But is it clear the distinction between the, the, the second and the third though? Between the second and the third. The second is who? Second category of the Tarot. The one is worship, please. The third? Had had the Tani now the second. When are we there? Uh, Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Kulum. Lekin. The third. It's called to worship themselves. It's called to worship themselves. What's the distinction between the second and the third? What's the fark between the second and the third? The third calls. The third calls. The third calls to it. Now, essentially. The, the sect of the third, he's the one encouraged the worship of himself. Naam. He encouraged it either by way of directly telling the people to worship him, or he encouraged it by way of telling the people that he has something which caused the people to worship him. Naam. And he claims something from Barton that causes people to worship him. As for the second, then the second, the second we mentioned, he's an individual that may not have said any, may not have made any dawah in terms of the worship of himself. However, he is worshipped, and he suffices with that, and he's pleased with that. Now, an example of that, and Allah Ta'ala knows best, would be Hali uh, Selassie, if anyone knows who he is. Hali Selassie, the former emperor or king of Ethiopia. And people discuss whether he was a Tarhut or he regarded as being a Tarhut. Why? Because he did not call the people to worship him. And the Rastafarians that direct their worship towards him. And he doesn't call the people to that. However, whilst he would not fall into the third category, if he didn't call the people to worship him, it could be said that he fell into the second category, that he was pleased with it. Naam, that he was pleased with the worship of, of other than himself. Why? Because when, he was, when these individuals directed their worship towards him, he allowed and he led, and he left a part of land within, within his country Specifically for them. Naam, as an action of gratitude towards them. And so this is a clear indication of an individual being pleased with the ibadah of an him. So someone may say that he didn't call the people. This is the, this is the claim that is mentioned regarding him specifically. Naam, why? Because he, the, the shirk regarding him is quite widespread. Naam, uh, amongst the, the Rastafarian. It's widespread. However, Whilst it can be said, it could be argued that he didn't call the people to worship of him, no doubt he was worshipped, he was aware of it, and he was pleased with it. And so thus, this is why, he, even though, okay, they, he didn't fall into the third, it may not fall into the third, it falls into the second category. And so it's, include, it's important to understand there's a distinction between those two. Naam, Allah Ta'ala knows best. Then we have the fourth, 
was whoever claims to have knowledge or some, some portion of knowledge of the unseen. So he claims, for example, he knows that which will occur in the future. That which will occur in the future. Whether that be tomorrow or next year or whatever. Or he claims anything from the affair, yani essentially or the unseen. This individual in reality is a liar. And the Dawood. An example of that, again, is yeah, the soothsayer. Who takes, who conspires with the shayateen, milal jinn, to bring people information. Claiming that he has knowledge of the unseen. But all he is doing is conspiring with the shayateen who seek to steal akhbar min samawat Still information once they go, once they ascend to the Samawat. And so, <coughs> there's no doubt, is the, is, nah, is the reality of the one that believes, or the reality of the individual that adheres to disbelief by way of him claiming to know the unseen. And then we have the fifth, which is the individual The individual that judges by other than which Allah Ta'ala has revealed. Allah Ta'ala states, Allah Ta'ala mentions there's no compulsion in religion. The guidance has been made clear and manifest from that which is a misguidance. As whoever declares disbelief in a false deity, the Taghut, and believes in Allah, and indeed they have attained a trustworthy hope. And Allah Ta'ala is all hearing, all knowing. And so this is what is understood from La ilaha illallah. There's no deity worthy worship besides Allah. And so with this, Barakallahu Fikum, we have the fifth category of the Taghut. The fifth category of the Taghut is the one that judges by other than which Allah Ta'ala has revealed. And that he regards that as being the Sharia of the people. And he regards that as being beneficial and in service and aiding the benefit of the people. And that he claims by way of that as well and believes by way of that that the Sharia of Allah is deficient. Or there's harshness within it. And so, such an individual, of course, it's not strange to say that this individual is from the Taghut. 
And so, no doubt, when it comes to this individual that judges and rules for having a night which Allah Ta'ala has revealed, then there's tafsir. There, there is يعني, uh, detail to it. And so, with this, we have the tafsir of Ibn Abbas. He mentions, من جحد ما عنزل الله فقد كفر ومن أقر به ولم يحكم فهو ظالم فاسق And so, whoever rejects that which Allah Ta'ala in relation to the one that judges by other than this, other than the shari'ah of Allah, whoever rejects it, that such an individual has disbelieved. So whoever rejects that which Allah Ta'ala has revealed has disbelieved. Whilst whoever affirms it, however, does not judge by way of it that this individual is a wrongdoer and a fasik. And so no doubt, there's no, there's no doubt in relation to the person that rejects the sharia of Allah. Or regards the sharia or the hukum, the ruling of Bashar, to be afdal, the ruling of mankind to be better, as it will be beneficial for the people than the hukum of Allah. There's no doubt that such an individual has disbelieved. Because such an individual, they hold that what Allah Ta'ala has revealed to be deficient. And anything that, that revolves around taqdeeb of the nusus, yani rejection and denial of the text, or rejection of something from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, yani is, is a kalam kufriya. Or etiqad kufri. It's a creed which is of disbelief. However, then you have the individual where he holds the belief that the sharia of Allah is utmost. And takes precedence. He holds that belief. However, due to deficiency within himself, his iman, and other than that, then he judges or he rules upon you know, some aspect other than the sharia. That's mentioned in the tafsir of Ibn Abbas that such individuals are dhalim fasik. The dhalim and is a fasik. So he's a wrongdoer. However, he's not regarded as being a disbeliever and thus he's not regarded as being from that fifth category of the Tawafit. And so this is an important distinction for when you find Ahlul Bid'ah from the Khawarij specifically, they seek to discuss the affair of the rulers they will make the judgment upon an individual to be one affair, which is one of kufr. And they will say that the one that does not judge by the, the rule of Allah, then this person is a kafir. Yani, bila niza. There's no, there's no discussion regarding it, which is batil. And is mukhalif li qawl salaf. What the salaf were upon. And so, 
again, very importantly, whenever we have a text, na'am, it's important to look at the text, understand the text, but understand the text in accordance with understanding the Salaf of Salih, the Salaf of this Ummah. Anyone will bring a text. Anyone can claim something about Islam and bring a text. It's possible. The first thing we do, a person makes a claim, whoever it may be, is that we judge the validity of the text itself. We judge the validity of the text itself. So of course, if it's an ayah, then we know khalas, it's valid. The ayat of the Quran are all authentic. As for a hadith, then we want to know if the hadith or this narration is authentic. Once we've established that it's authentic, the text is authentic, then the question now has to be asked, your understanding of this text, who do you share that understanding with from the Salaf of this Ummah? Who from the Salaf has the same understanding as you? And so when we have the ayah, Allah Ta'ala mentions, وَمَنْ لَمْ يَحْكُمْ بِمَا أَنزَلَ اللَّهُ فَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْكَافِرُونَ that whoever does not judge by that which Allah Ta'ala has revealed, then he is a disbeliever. Ahlul Bid'ah, the Khawarij, they will use the ayah to make takfir, blanket takfir upon the rulers, وَبِالتَّالِ يَعْنَا أَنَّا which follows on from that to make takfir upon the Muslim يعني, societies and communities. To the extent that you find from them, for example, Sayyid Qutb, where he will say that you will not find a Muslim community or Muslim society on the face of the earth. And this is something which is, that has been, a claim that has been يعني, repeated over the years by those affected by the ideology. The question is, who understood the ayah to be a blanket takfir in such a manner? Because you have this tafsir of Ibn Abbas and how he understood these ayat. And Awza'i, he mentions, the Ahlul Sunnati wal Jama'ah, Ahlul Sunnati wal Jama'ah, Yu'amilun al-Nusus ma'amla wahida. Ahlul Sunnati wal Jama'ah, Yu'amilun al-Nusus ma'amla wahida. So the Ahlul Sunnah, they treat the text as if they are one. So they don't look at one text in isolation. So we have the ayah, وَمَا لَمْ يَحْكُمْ However, you have the ayah. Naam, likewise. And likewise, you have the ayah. And so Allah Ta'ala mentions in relation to the one that judges by other than that which Allah Ta'ala has revealed, that even other than Sharia of Allah, He mentioned the kafirun. He's mentioned the dhalimun, He mentioned the fasiqun. And that the tafsir of this ayah is that they are not one and the same. But depending upon the etiqad, the creed of the individual, then we will say that possibly the person has disbelieved, or possibly the person is a wrongdoer by way of that. 
He's sinful, but he's not disbelieved by way of that. Similar to that is when we discuss, for example, the ahkam, the rulings in Islam. And we discuss, for example, the salam. Or the zakah, or the fasting, mafalam. I would say, for example, the one that doesn't fast, if his etiquette, if his creed, if his belief is that it's not obligatory for him to fast, even though Allah Ta'ala told us, told us it's an, obli- an obligation, if his creed is that it's not an obli- obligation, then this individual disbelieves. So he's disbelieved what? Due to his creed, what he's believed. Likewise, <laughs> likewise, you have the, an individual. He will, he will hold the belief now that the salah is not an obligation, the fast is not an obligation. He believes that. And so his kufr is by way of his creed, what he believes. Naam. And not necessarily the fact that he left off the action. <coughs> and so this is an example of that. A person may do an action, and what distinguishes it from it being something that, an action, وَالَّذِي يُبْتِلْ يَنِ أَصْلَ تَوْهِيدِ or يُبْتِلْ Kamala Tawheed, something that nullifies the asl of person Tawheed, so nullifies the Tawheed in totality, and it makes them, and it renders them upon kufr, or nullifies the Kamal, the completion, the perfection of the Tawheed. Naam, the distinguishing Dabit in a lot of these cases is their etiqad, what they believe, what they hold, in terms of that. Naam, and so, with that, Again, the affair of the, the, the ruling by other than that which Allah Ta'ala has revealed, that this is another uh, example of that, and Allah Ta'ala knows best, that it goes back to what the person holds and what they believe in relation to that. Thereafter, thereafter, Shaykh al-Islam Muhammad Abdul Wahab, he goes on to mention, He goes on to mention Rasul Amr al-Islam The head Of the affair is Islam In affair of our deen is Islam And so this is the first thing That the Prophet Sallallahu called the people to Is Islam Submission to Allah Humility and, and, and submitting And turning to Allah Ta'ala In يعني, Obedience and so this is what is mentioned first and foremost in the hadith of Jibreel, the affair of Islam. And this is the first of the levels of deen mentioned. You have Islam, Iman, Ihsan. Islam is mentioned first. Along with his arkan. And so, it's not strange for it to be regarded as being the head of the affair. The second thing mentioned here, wa'amudu wa salah and this pillar is the salah. And this is due to the fact that the salah carries great importance for the Muslim and in, in terms of their deen. And it was the awal faridah. It was the first thing that was made an obligation. And so this was the first thing made an obligation after the da'wah of the Prophet Sallallahu calling the people to, to, to Islam and Tawheed. To the extent, as we discussed previously, it was made an obligation whilst he, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, was still in Makkah. So whilst he was still in Mecca, still in, the, in the, the, the affair of living in Mecca, 
and within his, and the living in Mecca, and along with the hardship that came with that, he, sallam, naam, declared this affair of the salah to be an obligation after, yani, when Allah Ta'ala revealed it to him directly. I had an obligation for the salah. And so no doubt, it's understandable, and it's not strange that this be regarded as a pillar in this affair. And then the final thing mentioned, that its uppermost part is the jihad. The jihad, Fisibidillah. And so jihad, this striving and this fighting for the sake of Allah, is with the intent of making a kalimah to Allah, Yani the most high. And so jihad, in this meaning, could be referring to jihad of nafs, striving against oneself and soul. Jihad of shaitan, striving against shaitan. Walhawa, in this one, striving against one's desires. Striving against kufar. Wal-munafiqeen. Striving against ahlul bid'ah in order to establish the truth. Or striving against the people of the major sins, the kabair of the Until the people return from it. So all of them are from different types of jihad. Different types of juhud. Likewise a person striving in talabul ilm, seeking knowledge. Also, is also regarded to be in jihad. And striving in that manner. Striving in the spreading of knowledge. Seeking by way of that, the pleasure of Allah. Again, this is another form of jihad. And so, it's possible that this jihad can occur more than just the ma'arik. In more than just the battles and the wars. For indeed, as we mentioned, jihad and its, its, uh, its aim is to make the kalimatullah, the kalimatul-tawheed, the most high. In whatever battle, whatever striving a person needs to do that, then it is all regardless of being jihad. To make the kalimatul-tawheed, the most high. And so a person may need to go to battle to do so, to overcome the enemy. A person may need to establish the haq within their own selves first, whether that be seeking knowledge for themselves, so they are not to their acquaintance of the correct creed, whether that be striving against their desires, whether it be striving against the nafs, that may incline towards evil. Really, the person cannot establish Haq with others and until they establish upon themselves. And so all of these things are regarded as being jihad. Why? Because they all seek to attain and to reach the same goal. That same goal as, is, as being to make the Kalimah of Tawheed the most high. So thus, when this is done, then of course what is understood from that is that the person has Establish jihad in a manner 
which is mashru' and is legislated in a manner which Allah Ta'ala is pleased with. And with that, we'll conclude this lesson and along with that, this book. Barakallahu feekum, ikhwan. Jazakum la khaira. Allah yifadakum jami'an. Wa sallallahu wa barakan nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best, but for most apparent, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best, is that it's an individual that has not heard anything to do with the message of Islam. Now, the one has heard the message, I was, I was heard about Islam and the Muslims, then it's upon them now to investigate that, and not to be heedless, and not, for example, just to, for example, you hear it and you carry on with your life. Now, this is, this is not sufficient. Now, we're talking about, as you said, the jungle people. Yeah. There's, no, there's no hearing about Islam at all. So it cannot be now said that they had any opportunity to investigate. Now, the ones we're talking about here, they hear, for the most part, يعني, here, they heard about Islam, they heard about the Muslims. Now, in whatever capacity, and now they have ability to investigate. An example of that is that the greatest influx, from what I'm aware, the greatest influx of new Muslims, yeah, and new people that em- embraced Islam, occurred after uh, 2001. What happened in 2001? 9-11. Right? Why? Because they heard about the Muslims. Large amount of people heard about the Muslims. That caused them to investigate. In this, in this instance, they heard something negative. They told something negative. But that caused them to investigate. They caused them to look into Islam. Those that Allah Ta'ala grant tawfiq, they accepted. And large amounts of people did accept, did accept Islam. Naam. So, it's not just a case of, or it's not a, a case a person could say that because I didn't receive da'wah, I didn't pass a da'wah stool or something like this, that I didn't receive the da'wah in, t- in totality and I'm from those that are Ahlul Fitr No. If a person has heard enough that is they they can it can lead them to investigate and, and they need to take that that task and investigate inshallah. Allah knows best. That's what's apparent.